0: Welcome into the boardroom, Weagles' premier all sports talk show. If you care about the sport, we talk about it. From Auburn football to the English Premier League, we discuss it all. Now sit back and relax, because the boardroom is now in session. And welcome into the boardroom, everybody. Today is Thursday, January 18th, 2024, and we are back for another episode of Weagles' all, premier all sports talk show. Greg Blankenberg alongside me, Connor Greenberg, Nelson Early, and Kyle Davison. Gentlemen. We got a packed show today. We got a lot to talk about. Everything's going. It's all really. We're starting off with this state. These first two segments: the state of Alabama, state of Auburn, the state of Auburn. Now, state, state of, of Alabama as a whole.
1: The the, the year twenty twenty four, which uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and spoiler alert, It's going to end poorly because it started started such. It's been such a great start to the year. <laughs> it's this can't possibly. Be any better, which means it's gonna get bad very soon. So be <laughs> prepared, hunker really, down. Something's gonna happen, but this it's been a good
2: 2024 start. is peaking in high school. Like this is you are peaking too early, but we're still riding the high. Auburn basketball undefeated in 2024, and in the uh, about 120 seconds since this show started, I think Alabama just had another decommit.
3: Yeah. I would say so. Uh, I mean, it's coming in. at least
1: a couple of fans have 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 uh decommitted,
3: so <laughs> that hey, goes a lot. They're on to Duke basketball. Oh, yeah. okay, here's a good question: where where are they going to take their academic and athletic talents in the transfer portal? All the well, you they know, the, they don't really uh, have, have academic talent to take anywhere. Oh, okay. mm. Jacksonville yeah. State, <laughs> <laughs> well, Calhoun <laughs> Community College. Uh, I, I, I'm just I'm just I'm just wondering, where where they where they're gonna go now?
0: Yeah, but Troy. Maybe, but that was what we were talking about first. I just brought that up. But
3: Kyle, yeah, Auburn basketball is pretty good. Pretty good. They've played twice since we've been here last. First was a win against LSU at home, ninety-three to seventy-eight. And let's just take a moment, just saying LSU may re- remember the the incredible display of basketball on Sunday by our women's Tigers. Let's hype so, it up for them. Taking down the LSU Tigers. This is um, a pro.
1: This is a pro women podcast, by the way. Yeah, so yeah. Love, love me some women's basketball.
3: Um, that, and I is, and is, is, is I, it, I, lo-
2: I love love some Kim Mulkey
3: tears. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch it's because they watched and the good men's team, team played, guys. That's, that's true. Yeah, that <laughs> they could, were they been were it. so exhausted they, from they're, watching. They're distracted the, from watching a yeah.
1: domination of a of a game they before.
3: Speaking of that domination, it didn't look like it from distance. They shot thirty nine percent from the three point line. Luckily, we shot forty. Um, I think the scoreline, it was 93 to seventy-eight. final score. I think that does LSU some favors. I think we beat them a lot worse than by 15. Um, just kind of toward the second half, I feel like we let off the brakes a little bit, started taking some dumb shots. I remember one, Jani pull up three in, with a guy in his face, and then a Katie Johnson drive, pull out mid-range with two seconds off shot clock. I just think we started taking some bad shots. Yeah, you know it focused down a little. You
1: know it been great to, to to remedy that and to kind of get the focus in. If uh, uh, a certain coach would listen to his other coaches who are telling him to, and I quote, call a time out. Uh, yeah. They went on a twenty-one to two run against. I mean, Nelson us. was screaming. I mean, we're, I, I was know. I was screaming. Yeah, they can put me on the on the payroll. Twenty-one to two run, lots of sloppy play. Ninety-nine percent of coaches in America would have called a time out there, but not the one we have. Thankfully. We won that game by considerable considerable amount, uh, but it was a painful four-minute stretch there where they had everything and we uh, uh, didn't know how to play the game of basketball.
2: So. I believe we had a six-minute stretch without a field goal, or maybe even a point. But the 21-2 to run, so, like, again, to Nelson's point, you have to call a timeout, probably about that three-minute mark, maybe the four-minute mark of that run. But if you take that six minutes out of the game, you play 34 minutes of the basketball game, Scored 93 points in 34 minutes at home with a six-minute stretch of ineptitude and awful offense, bad defense. Like, that stretch, that 21-2 run, I mean, you can't flush the tape because you need to watch and see the mistakes you're making. But without that, if that six-minute stretch we played like the other 34, we, we made literally drop 110. Looked. Ooh. Oh, wedding ring! Wedding ring! Yeah, so is on that, tw- <laughs> Emily, if you're listening, he just dropped his wedding ring. Uh, I mean, that's at least two weeks of laundry, uh, at least, mm.
3: uh, and sleeping the floor. Okay, all right, let's let's get laundry. track laundry here. Tw- the 21-2 run start at the 11 minute mark, and I feel like that is kind of different than what we've seen. Like our troubles have started around the like right when we come out at the si- under 16 timeout. Like we u- we usually do well in the middle middle eight, but once we come out of that under 16. I feel like that's where we had the issue. This time it was under 12. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I just feel like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just reading into it too much. I think the difference between letting teams make that run and not letting teams make that run is the personnel group. That's when the starters came back in. Maybe we lost a little intensity. And that's when that blended uh, five come in where it's like, who, who is so, Chris Moore's back out with, with Trey with Trey.
2: It's, it's like Trey, KD, Chris Moore, Cheney, and Dylan. Something mm. like that.
1: And, and I think the problem is, is that group, even though there's like one or two guys who just can't score for the life of them, typically those lineups do fine. I just think at a certain point, maybe two or three minutes in, every single guy was trying to stop the run themselves. And it led to a couple drives to the basket that were out of control, a couple bad passes, uh, not great defense, just trying to break the run individually instead of what we do best in playing as a team. And that's why I would have thought a timeout would have been been nice to reel it in a little bit, but, but I'm not the coach. I don't get paid the big bucks. So. I will
2: say the the explanation post game for why he didn't call that timeout Awful. was infuriating. Infuriating. He Bruce the I think it was Hoke asked Bruce why you don't call a timeout in that six minute stretch, which I think of the 9,100 people in Neville Arena, I mean, 9,000 were asking the same question. Um, and he's basically said that he didn't want LSU's best players who were playing a bunch to be able to get subbed out. Well, if they're on a 21-2 to run and they're playing well, why would Matt McMahon take them out of the game during a timeout?
1: I think y'all said he wanted them to, to keep getting tired and not like, get rest in that timeout. Uh, but, but my counterpoint to that would be when – you're playing at their be- at your best, and they're playing at their best. We were 28 points better than they yeah. were. Yeah, that shouldn't matter. That shouldn't matter. There's maybe only five teams in the country where you should have that thought in your head, that thought process. Yeah, I and think, LSU's not anywhere near one of them.
2: I think in the SEC, the only the only time I would have another player's rest in my head is if we're playing we're playing in Knoxville against Dalton Connect
1: or or Mark Sears in, in Alabama. Uh,
2: yeah, like if one of those two guys is getting gassed. Fine, let it play out. Other than that, like, you're letting a game against an unranked team slip away on your home court. Like, coach your team. Coach your team and let Matt and coach his and call the timeout, get a little reset going, and get five guys out there that can score the ball because at that point, your your defensive five was doing nothing on defense because they weren't getting anything on offense and it was leading to easy, and then LSU hit, like, six threes in a row. Like, that It wasn't sustainable, but, like, you have you just have to call a timeout to break up that play. But I thought the defensive edder, defensive energy for stretches last night was a lot better. We didn't really – we kind of slept sleptwalked through that second half. Well,
1: Also, they shot like 25 free throws. Yeah, they shot
2: like 25 free throws. The refs didn't let any momentum get going in that game. But on an away game against a, a building that has some demons for Auburn, certainly, um, there was not – I didn't feel like there was that sustained gap of like five, six minutes – and then second half, we were like, oh my God, what is going on? It sort of just was felt like that game was playing in slow motion for the last 20 minutes.
3: Yeah, the second half of that game, there, no one went on a run. Auburn went on a 23-4 run in the first half, but second half was just back and forth, really. I think that's where it comes down to. I've noticed that these past couple games, it's that five
0: to eight minute stretch in the second half that always just just kind of there for Auburn, where we were up close to 20, and they cut it back down to like 11. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Why are we not just finishing teams off? And that's going to be a problem that continues against <clears throat> the Kentuckys, the Tennessees, the At-Bama. I think, I
1: think in those games, though, the I think what we're doing with is a little bit of a lapse. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of teams in this country, uh, especially ones that are very talented, would, would say that there are times on the court, especially when you're up by a lot, that your intensity on defense isn't there. It takes a very, very, very bodied team and a very, very well coached team to be able to stay locked in for uh, 40 minutes of basketball, which we are both a very talented and well coached team. I-, I just think that in some sometimes we would like to run up the score more as fans, and I think uh, in certain games, um, especially near the end when they kind of cut the score down from maybe let's say 30 to 20. We maybe lose a little bit of focus, but also try to get experiment a little bit with some of the rotations to see what we can and can't do, which I think is fine to do as a coach.
3: We move forward, though. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about it a little bit right before we came on the air. Just talked about our player situation. Um, you know, we, we talked about it last week playing 10 guys, who's going to rise to the top. And the guy rising to the top right now. Jalen Williams. Let me let me just rattle off some numbers here. He is forty three percent from three, seventy-two percent from two, eighty percent from the free throw line, and ranks fourteenth nationally in offensive rating, offensive efficiency. I mean we go perfect for a game mean, that, he has, He's had it. two
2: games now where he's gone he's like he was seven for seven last night, and you think he was like eight for eight or nine for nine at a game before. I will say, in in the age, and we'll, we'll talk about the Bama portal situation later in the show, in, the, in this age of college sports, Jalen Williams represents everything that is right with, with college sports. This dude could, the last three years really, could have entered the portal and gone somewhere, another power six basketball team, and been the guy. But he came to Auburn, he fell in love with Auburn, he sat behind Jabari Smith patiently, and he's now kind of, these last ten games, I think it's like, you go back to that like the middle of that Indiana game where it just kind of clicked for him. This dude's a first team all SEC player. If other than Dalton Connect and probably Mark Sears, he'd be third in the running for player of the year in the SEC right now.
0: Yeah. Hey, and then I think you also got to look at Rob Dillingham and uh, he's coming he's off like, the bench. They won't give I him know respect. he's still coming off the bench, but so he's probably he, their best player.
2: He him and CBM will be six man of the year the two finalists, but I just it's so refreshing to see a guy take his fifth year and like he, you know, he's He's used his fifth year to his advantage. He stayed at Auburn, developed with Auburn system and you know, we were talking before the show like he's probably developed into a second round pick in the NBA draft.
1: Yeah. Uh let's I was talking about uh Jay well, re- We were on the clock I think to before last year a certain Bruce Pearl press conference when he said and I quote, this offense is going to run through Jalen Williams this year. And I think everyone in the Auburn fan base kind of scoffed at that a little bit because uh, running your offense through a guy who was a backup last year, even though he did backup Jabari, was kind of insane. Uh, this year, I don't think it runs through Jay will enough. I, I, I think there are stretches where, I mean, he went 7-for-7 seven seven last night, extremely efficient. If a guy hasn't missed a shot yet, I think it behooves you to uh, keep giving him the basketball, keep drawing up plays, tell your point guards that if he has any any mismatch or any advantage to get in the basketball and let him cook, and uh, I don't think he did that enough last night. He still dropped twenty, two twenty three 23 points. Uh, had it all around. Had that killer. Had oh my that God. killer That play. pass fake into a backward pass a to bags. a corner three. I thought I
2: was watching Steve Nash.
1: Glorious. From a man who's 6'8", and ultra,
0: uber-athletic, he is going to be on the NBA roster next year. And with that, we're going to head into our first break. When we come back, what is going on in T-Town? We will give you our unbiased preview and opinions on what is going on there. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into The Boardroom, everybody. Once again, Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Last time we talked about Auburn basketball and what's going on over across the street at Neville Arena. But now we turn to the other side of the state, talking about Tuscaloosa. And the fact is now Alabama does have a new head football coach. It is Kalen DeBoer, the old Washington head coach who led the, uh, the Washington Huskies to the college football playoff national championship game, eventually falling to Michigan. He is now the head man in Tuscaloosa taking over for Nick Saban. And it's not off to the hottest of starts, I'd say. Coach- oh, sorry if I had to nice, turn the back nice. on. There we go. Coach, there we go.
1: Coach Karen DeBummer has not been doing so hot for, uh, for the Tide as of late. Um, able to get some staff hires in. Uh,
2: Head coach staff Head, head,
1: head coach staff hires, uh, Excuse me, man. It doesn't
2: matter where they came from. They
1: were head. Hey, they coach, got the head coach of the, just like Derek of the, They got the head coach of the Buffalo Bills to be their DB no, coach. No,
2: no, the Buffalo Bulls. Oh wow! Bulls. Oh, so so oh no, so, I mean, Sean they're, McDermott. They're, wow. They're, I mean, they're pretty mm. close. Boom. They're pretty close.
1: Uh, but there's 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 been um, like, I, I think this needs to be said before I just keep slandering Alabama. Uh, they're gonna be fine. In the grand scheme of things, um, what's going to end up happening, though, is that they're going to win nine, ten games every year, and that's not going to be enough for some people. And the people with the money who aren't going to make rational decisions is going to be wanting the saving years to come back, which is what happened after Bear Bryant. They kept winning, kept doing all right, but it wasn't near what the Bear did, so they had to get somebody else. If they go down that road, it'll be the same story as last time. If you're a Bama fan, and I hope you overreact, but... If it's in your own self-interest, write it out. He's a good coach. Give him time, but that will remain to be seen.
2: I, I think it's not going to be a fun year for them. Uh, we, my roommate and I were looking at their schedule earlier. I don't think they'll lose at Wisconsin, but his first SEC game is Georgia. They have to go to Baton Rouge, to Knoxville. I mean, they're going to lose two or three or maybe four games next year, which I- for most coaches in their first year at a school – is great. Like they may they may make a New Year's six game next year with a couple losses with the bigger they, they they might not make a twelve team playoff. It's okay. But he is gonna have to stop the bleeding here pretty soon because it's gonna start to harm classes beyond next year. I mean they're their class of 2025, they're down to, like, 30 or something in the room. They're rankings. down to two players in the 2025 yeah. class.
1: Yeah. I think they're down to, in total, in the DB room, that's safety and corners and nickels combined. I think they have now seven players yeah, like uh, to fill those, uh, fill those spots. And some of some of his players at Washington aren't too fond of coming down to Bama and playing for them. There's been some guys crystal ball to Texas yeah, and if, a guy if, committed to Miami.
2: If Jabbar Muhammad doesn't go to Bama – that's the worst – That's uh, to me, that's worse than losing Caleb Downs because it's a guy who played for DeBoer on his defense, basically saying – and, I'm go- and he's, pro- he's probably getting a hefty bag. I mean, the Texas. bag man
0: in Austin. He's awesome, probably getting a hefty big, bag. Bigger than though, as we've learned from – But now not- that
2: Caleb Downs is gone, Alabama – there's no way Alabama doesn't have the money to match what he's making at Texas. He is choosing to go to Texas no, over, I, I, over DeBoer. That, to me, is alarming.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's also in- interesting to point out that um, – they they made i think bam made probably one of the better hires that they could have made but the problem is if they're losing so many players and a bam fits oh we just can get divorced players at washington um i don't i don't i think it's safe to say that going from seattle washington to Tuscaloosa, alabama is a uh, very steep and drastic change of lifestyle and <laughs> and change of scenery um that's not a very easy thing to do for somebody especially when it comes to your at this point, professional career, um, especially uh, as unbiased as I can say, I would say Seattle's probably a better place to live than Tuscaloosa. Um, but
2: but Nelson, Nelson, uh, Alabama and Tuscaloosa recruits itself.
1: That's so but you don't have the street gardens in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> I I also would say I've seen a lot of banter and a lot of discourse that kind of reminds me of of what I would say of what I said in 2020 when we hired our abysmal head coach from the from, the, from Boise, Idaho. Um, Brian
2: Horson. Uh, Byron, ha- Byron Haskins.
1: I said Auburn recruits itself. Uh, the power brokers will get him right. Uh, let him get his guys in. It won't matter what everyone else says. Um, give him time. He'll be all right. Uh, he has to build his culture. It's going to be a rough ride. and I'm, I'm not comparing the two. They're, one's a way better coach than the, than the other. But I think their trajectories in terms of the context is going to be similar. At this point, there's only DeBoer has only brought in. He's brought in his DC, his OC, both one's an outsider from Washington. One, Kane Womack, his connection was at Indiana. Uh, He's brought in a staff that doesn't really have deep recruiting ties to the South. Who hasn't even Womack hasn't been recruiting the guys that Bama will need already. So that relates. He's already behind there. It's not gonna look great, and they might they might not. It's gonna be. It'll be a good recruiting year for them if they make the top ten. It'll be a good well, year for it's them. It's
2: not only the to me the problem for them is not only that like the guys they hired don't have recruiting ties. Their two biggest recruiting competitors next door are Georgia and Auburn now with Hugh Freeze. It's Georgia and Auburn. The guys that recruited that defense are now the co D C at Georgia and the co D C at Auburn. Yeah. Like those guys have the Charles Kelly and, and T Rob have more ties to Alabama's roster than any of the coaches in Alabama's room now. That's a that's a big problem. I think it was And and Jalen Milro is not Michael Penix. No. In terms of his arm talent. Jalen Milrow's who's Milrow he gonna throw to?
1: Who's he gonna throw you to? You don't have
2: anybody to throw to, but I I don't I don't know if Jalen is gonna be the starting quarterback this time next year. I
0: I think you also have to look at it where it's like I think I think as Jake Crane who said it, this is the best time where Hugh Freeze could be a coach at Auburn. And I agree with that because you don't have to deal with the cloud that is Nick Saban now. Now, Kirby Smart's his own monster, which you got to still deal with, who could reach, But he's not in-state. In he's state, not in-state. In-state
2: recruiting is always that, the that That is battle. true.
0: And there is, I mean, it feels like Auburn's trying to recruit in Georgia because that's just such a wealth of just talent there. But just a matter of just can you just find the right people because then it just all it takes is one. And then you just keep building off of that, really.
3: That's what we've seen with the wide receiver room here so far. I mean, yeah. we got one guy, and then that turned into three. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i kind of hesitant to pump, like, to go scorched earth on them yet. And scorched earth for Alabama is four losses. Right. Like, I, I think I think they'll win. I think they they have an argument for the back end of the playoff. You know, it's just it's so hard to say what Kalen Moore is going to be able to do there. I could see you know, I don't think there's gonna be any in between. He's gonna be successful, he'll win ten games this year, or he'll go seven and five and then lose the bowl game, and then, you know, everybody'll be like ah, who who's next? You know, I think he's and either gonna be, have And two he'll be it'll, be, it'll oh. be the same thing Harsh oh, happen, if he, where he was
2: pre fired and they'll wait they'll wait exactly. a year, but everyone will know that he won't be back. if oh, oh, yeah.
0: they go seven and five, Nelson's the favorite line. He'll need some. Uh, he'll need uh, to hit the job search. He'll need Indeed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if yeah, if you go seven and five, Somebody in the back
2: at Sioux Falls.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. If he goes seven and five, they they go, won't. They won't go, go. Listen, no, they will. they you know, they will.
2: You think they're going to go seven
0: and five? No, I'm saying if they do, yeah, then but he's I, gone. I
2: don't. I don't think that's a ra- I mean, they're could, well, they're most likely going to beat Auburn in Tuscaloosa.
0: The thing is, you can't.
1: I think it's kind of unfair to them to judge their schedule right now because they have like 45 roster spots right now. So we don't know what their team's going to look like. I mean, if we're going to judge them as they are right now, they might win six games, but any team with 40 players are lucky to win six (laughs) games. Um, Right now, their biggest issue is that DB room is destroyed we Peyton Thorn could pass for five hundred yards in the DB room right now. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna
2: go from five completions against Bama to fifty. He's gonna look like the USC
1: DBs. So <laughs> they're they're gonna have to fix that. Um, I think they're going to get some. I think the only was Washington transfers that could transfer there right now is what I am seeing is their, some of their O linemen, which was which was good. I mean, they did um, lose their left
0: tackle and center.
1: Uh, so when Latham's going pro, that they'll have to replenish there. But the receiver room is also. Destroyed. I think the only spot on their team that's basically stayed together besides Milro is their line, uh, their uh, defensive lineman, which, as it happens, was one of the only coaches they retained was their D line coach.
2: And they're still losing their. Be- I mean, Dallas turner Yeah, a so they're losing there, their best player on the
1: edge. I think as Auburn fans, if we're gonna be rational about this, I think we have to take a step back and think about it rationally and not jump to the conclusions. But they got problems right now for next
2: year. But we we still went six and seven. This past year, so, but we're trending in the right direction, and obviously after Nick Saban, you're not, you can't possibly sustain. I, I mean, like, I, I I do have some sympathy for DeBoer just because like it, there's, he can he can do so well, he could be a B plus coach and be fired in three years. 100. I
0: mean, let's look at their schedule quickly. We'll just go quickly. All right, We'll I'll name off the schedule. When you think their wins or not? First off, at home versus Western Kentucky, win. offers, man, come big on. red win. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think?
3: That's I mean it's right, Skip it, skip yeah. to the real game. Okay,
2: we'll do this yeah. one. At Camp Randall. Yeah, this this, this is, is a big game. That's a huge game. And they'll probably game day might be there for that one.
1: I don't I don't know. I, don't I, really, I mean I don't I haven't really it, read about Washington, but I think I think Fickle that'll be a close game. That'll be a toss up. I don't know if
2: that. they lose that game. And then lose to Georgia the next week, and they're two and two. Over people Over. are going to lose. Who, did, their who do they mice. have after Georgia? They, ha- they go. They go
0: by, and then they go Georgia at home. Then they go to Vanderbilt, and then they're at home versus the Gamecocks.
2: Yeah, so they'll be. That, no, so they they be, worst be, case scenario, they're four, four
0: and two. Four, yeah. Okay, so Best I'm going to say they're, they're f- four. I'm going to say they're four and two going into the third Saturday in October at Tennessee. They'll lose
3: that game. I don't
0: I think, think they're going to win three. Nico Maleva is, is
2: good.
3: He's
1: good. He's good.
2: If I if I were a betting man, his Heisman future would be very tempting. <laughs>
0: so and Josh Heupel. I
3: don't I don't Josh Heupel I mean, on the
0: ups. So we're saying basically 4 and 3, four now, and 3. We go we're to at scenario. home versus Missouri. Uh, Trap game.
2: Dude, I don't think they win that game either. I don't
0: either. think they win that game either. Especially it's Cook
1: coming right back
2: now,
0: right now.
1: I think as right now he is. We also yeah, have like, to ha- we also have to play okay. Missouri. We, as well. we yeah, Missouri? Yeah.
2: Missouri might be playing the ex- SEC Championship game next year. Ah, they're
1: not—they're uh, not, they're not second nah, best yeah, team they're in the conference.
2: Uh, they're not the second best team, but they might have the second best record. I don't
1: I, oh. Lane, yeah. Lane, Lane, oh. Lane
2: Kiffin's gonna blow three games. That is true. That yeah, is that's true. true.
1: <laughs> I think I think I think almost will lose in Baton Rouge and to Georgia. It, What's
0: with college teams having two buys now? I don't like this. I don't like—I don't know about that either. I think they're starting earlier now. It's, it's got to be. It's because yeah.
2: they're adding conference games now. Like we're playing one more conference game. Boo! Um,
0: I don't know. We need to get to nine conference games. I think. I that is. It's coming. Yeah. Uh So, at home versus Missouri. Then they're on a bye November 2nd. we got to go through these quickly. We're about to go to break. At LSU.
3: Loss. That's
2: loss.
0: Gotta, that's a loss. LSU is going to be good.
2: Yeah. They they have a defensive coordinator now. So, yeah. they're going to yeah. be good. Uh
0: At home versus Mercer. Okay. Get in. to the real games. <laughs> yeah. Uh Sorry. Uh, at Oklahoma.
2: I think they'll win that game. I don't trust Venables. It's another close game. But yeah. But, but, that but, trap. But well, I'm not about, a Think trap, about, about worst-case scenario, though, for them. Think, up, their think cor- of their floor. Who is yeah. Oklahoma's like, quarterback they now? They legitimately
1: might win uh, six. Uh, Gabriel left. No, that uh, the, uh, Jackson Arnold. He yeah. played good. He turned the ball over a lot in the Arizona game, but he played good. He played right. If
3: Jackson Arnold gets hurt, general booty. They're, l- they're <laughs> losing one of Oklahoma and Missouri. Yeah, yes, and then at,
0: then they're hosting the Iron Bowl.
2: They will probably win.
3: They'll probably win, win they'll probably
0: win, but it, it depends on how the season goes.
3: Like, you can –
2: Easily find four losses in that schedule. Yeah, that can, easily. I, that's a coin flip. I think it all. I think
0: really what it comes down to is what they do at Camarillo will determine their season. Yeah, I think it one. will. They have to. They have to
1: either drastically change who they are, or they have to stick to what Bama's been the past twenty years and hard nose hitting you in the mouth football, and you got to control the trenches. They can't do that
2: next year. Well, that's then. not. But that's not close to how Washington. That's played. not. That's not. That's not. Because Washington went. All out air raid, kind of. We're going to explosive offense. They beat Texas like that, but Michigan just killed them in the trenches.
1: Yeah. um, It'll be interesting to see what happens in T Town next year.
0: And with that, we're going to head to another break. When we come back, we have the second half of the show coming up. You're not going to want to miss any of that. You're listening to the boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the boardroom, everybody. Once again, hang out with Griggs, Nelson, Kyle, and Connor. The first segment we talked about Auburn basketball. Second segment we talked about Coach Caitlin DeBoer now at Alabama and the, what's going on over there. But now we transition to more Auburn football, as Auburn football has hired a new offensive coordinator, Derek Nix, coming in from Ole Miss. So Kyle, you want to give us any more info about that? If you have that up, or is it Nelson? Uh, it okay. Nelson. Okay, Nelson. This, this is
1: this this is my domain. Um. So, on what's today? Today's Thursday. Yeah, on yesterday, Wednesday, uh, Auburn hired, uh, replaced Philip Montgomery, our ex office coordinator, and hired Derek Nix, who was the wide receivers coach and associate head coach at Ole Miss. Uh, he had been there for 16 years. He had been there since Houston McNutt was at Ole Miss. That means he went through four head coaching regimes. Tenured guy. It's kind of interesting that he left Ole Miss after 16 years. I wonder what led to that. We can look no further than our old pal, Lane Kiffin. So, last year, if turn the clocks back last year whenever he got hired, uh, he Freeze wanted to hire Derek as his uh, wide receivers coach uh, to get him on staff. But there was a, a little clause in Derek's contract at Ole Miss stating that he cannot take a lateral job and has to call plays in order there to not be a hefty buyout placed upon the team that takes them, a.k.a. Auburn. So, we couldn't, at that point, we were hiring so many coaches, we really couldn't afford to pay like a, I don't know how much to speculate, a million dollar buyout for a wide receivers coach. So, we went with Marcus Davis, which has paid dividends so far on the recruiting trail. Uh, This time around, uh, we decided, Hugh decided that he needed a guy who we trust who can go out, get his guys, and get his guys right. So, we went no further than Derek Nix. But Hugh had already publicly stated that he was going to call plays this year, which led... Lane Kiffin, to post about Auburn every single day on Twitter for the past two weeks. Uh, the, his tweets uh, varied from either articles uh, of Hugh Freeze quoting, saying that he's calling plays, to uh, Freeze warning uh, pictures, to uh, him watching the game film from last year when they beat Auburn. Uh, overall, just extremely petty, and it kind of boiled up to yesterday morning him being the one having to break the news that we hired Derek Nix in a very genuine and impassioned thank-you letter posted at 9 a.m. in the morning, Central uh, Standard Time. He said that Derek Nix was a great a great rebel uh, and that he's going to be going and calling plays and it'll be a step up in his career. and He's so happy and excited for him, but that he needs to go and find a receivers coach who will coach the best wide receiver room in all of college football. Not petty at all. It, Not bitter at all.
2: I think... This was Lane Kiffin having a, a bender just off the back of not getting real consideration for the Bama job. I mean, this that's the job that, like, he's basically for five years been begging for. Ever since he left being the OC there to go to FAU, like, he was trying to be the guy to replace Saban. Um, awful look. Not just for Kiffin, for all of the Ole Miss athletic department. Like, the tweets that are coming from their official, like, football account and uh, – um. The guy – or, uh, like, breaking that statement and, and all that stuff, just super unprofessional and petty. Like, the guy the guy wants to take a job with the coach that hired him at Ole Miss. Like, it's not like he's going to some stranger or whatever. Hugh Freeze brought – like, Hugh Freeze coached with him at Ole Miss. He wants to go back to a guy that he knows that he was hired by. And, uh, listen, I get the contract and your, the blocking, and I'm sure Ole Miss wants the buyout, but um, – Awful look for Lane, not a, not a good look for the Ole Miss athletic department. Um, I mean, listen, Auburn. Uh, Auburn's athletic department took a couple uh, studs from Ole Miss in the administrative role. Now we took Derek Nix. It's uh, kind of just a little bit of house cleaning in Oxford and look look forward to finishing the job off on Saturday. I,
1: yeah. think, I think another – I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just going to say their official account looked like, like an Alabama fan account because, like, how much Auburn was on there. It it just seemed to me. I, I don't it was understand.
2: Just they, they spent so much money on NIL in the transfer portal. How they have enough money to pay the rent that Hugh Freeze is charging? <laughs> That's what <all> I'm saying.
1: <laughs> they don't. Uh, fun fact, uh, Auburn's past two running backs coaches, which Derek Nix is also taking over, coaching the running backs as well as being the OC. Uh, Cadillac Williams and Derek Nix are both residents or were both born and raised in Natala, Alabama. So, Hats off.
2: Nerd nugget, nerd nugget of the show. Nerd nugget How's of the one? show. Uh, Kyle, s- Kyle, hot seat. Hot yep. seat. Yep, that's okay.
1: But yeah, uh, they almost dearly want us to be rivals because of what happened with Lane and the fact that in their best, basically the best stretch since he was there, uh, which was also one of the best stretches of, like of all time. Uh, they beat, managed to beat Auburn twice. Um, also managed to lose to Auburn in 2021, which uh there's a certain guy coaching us that wasn't very good, so... I would say losing to us isn't really much of a flex. Um they want us to be rivals so bad, but at some point the childishness and the unprofessionalism really just does not make that appealing whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I, I it's it's pretty shocking um and disappointing. I would argue, argue it's not. I'd argue No, I, I like Lane's like, Lane's always on Twitter and pulling up articles and stuff like that. That's kinda his shtick.
0: <laughs> Him retweeting to, to the Bama stuff is pretty well. To announce
2: funny. like the coach leaving before Auburn does, like, you're taking that away from him and his family. Like his wife, Nick, Derek Nix's wife was on Twitter, and she was not happy. Oh well, yeah, like, it, it, it's a, his it's,
1: wife like proved that everything like, that we were speculating was true.
2: Um, I, I mean, good good luck replacing him. Good luck getting people to agree to that clause in their contract now.
1: No, I mean, good luck people trying to work with him now. That's what
2: I mean. Like you're gonna try and attract a guy to replace Nix or re- hire assistant coach in the future and throw that clause in there. You're only you're only gonna attract guys of the quality of Pete Golding. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> sorry.
0: I mean, it took me a couple of seconds because I didn't even realize yet what was going on when I was looking reading the old Miss statement. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. They're saying that he's going to be a play caller, freeze the play caller, and I don't think Auburn's announced it yet. It took me a couple of seconds to realize that. I'm like, oh, wait, and Auburn hasn't said anything he's yet. He's not really going to call plays. No, he's not. That's what <laughs> no. the thing is, no. no,
1: <laughs> Just. He's, he's there to be take over what Hugh did recruiting this year. Right. Hugh's getting Guy in to, to get – Derek Nix has been the architect of uh,
0: probably some of the best – I mean, DK Metcalf, legend of the game.
2: AJ, AJ Brown, noted first-round playoff exit. <sighs> Sorry, had Jonathan Mingo,
0: insane receiver at times for like, <laughs> in, he had an incredible do, well, dose. To, games. Be, to be fair, he
2: didn't have anyone throwing the ball.
0: Dose games this season, but it just goes to show. I mean,
1: are we really surprised that the university and the football program, whose best attraction is the pregame, acts like this? I don't think so. They play in a high school. They play in a high school field. I've seen high school fields in, in, in Kyle, Texas that are better than that.
3: So, not surprising. All right. Shall we transition yep. to Next our college segment. basketball draft? Yep. So, um, order for this. Let's, let's start with Nelson's can, can snake. I go?
1: Okay. So, can Nelson. We start, can and we Nelson, start with frauds? Yeah. Sorry,
3: Nelson starts start with, with fraud, frauds. Watch. We're doing one fraudulent men's basketball team and then one sneaky, a sleeper someone that we think's good it's not getting the credit for. Um, so Nelson. You um,
1: take it? So in my brief research uh, over the past 5 minutes um, and they kind of proved me wrong last night the team I'm 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 picking but uh I'm going to go with a shocker, uh, a team that is in the top 5 right now who has looked good at times, who looked good last night. Uh, I'll go with the Houston Cougars as my as my fraud, well, fraudulent ooh. team, because some other ooh. teams that we're going to put on this list are too clearly frauds. Uh, Houston, they're they're moving up to the Big 12 from being in the AAC, and they're going to have to go on the road and play a lo- in a lot of tough environments, night in and night out. It might make them look better. They might be prepared for March Madness, or they might just get too worn down by the grind. Uh, playing in the Big 12 would just not look very good in the end, so that's my fraud watch.
2: Good
3: pick? Yep, very good pick. Um, I've kind of been teetering on this. I don't like teams where their best guys, their big man. So, I almost said Purdue.
2: Oh, but they had a big win this week.
3: Yeah, so they've kind of redeemed themselves. I'm, I'm going to go with Ole Miss. It's kind of one of the obvious ones, I feel like, right now. It's a safe pick. Um, two and two in the conference, but a loss at Tennessee and a loss at LSU. LSU one starts to be like, ah, that maybe they're not really that good. Um, I think they're a little overhyped. They got on that – Great run to start the season, but they only played one team inside the top fifty um, on Ken So, what are you gonna do?
2: I'm gonna go uh, to the Big Ten. This guy, this team limps into March every year. I'm going with the Fighting Illini. I
0: knew you were gonna say them, Fighting mm.
2: Illini. I listen. Their big win in the non-con was over FAU, who I think could easily be they did in the conversation for fraud watch. They're losing right now to Wichita State at home. Uh, they Wait. should be – if they lose that game, they will fall out of the top 25. Uh, Illinois, uh, there's uh, – I watch them and I go, there's no way there are only 13 teams in the country better than them. And and I'm not saying – listen, they they could get hot in March and make a Sweet 16 run. That's a team that very easily could be a 5 seed and lose to a 12 or, or even a 4 seed and lose to a 13. I, I just – I don't trust Brad Underwood. They lost by 9 last night to Maryland – um, Terrence Shannon, who's kind of their, their main guy has been banged up a little bit. Uh, that's not um, what,
0: that's, what? he's out for, Oh yeah, I mean, he's out for, yeah, yeah he's out of definitely,
2: he did, he did bad things off the court. I forgot about that. He's not hurt. Well, he, yeah, he may be hurt on the inside. But, um, and, uh, Hawkins, I forget his first name. Is it Coleman Hawkins? Yeah. yeah. Coleman Hawkins is kind of like their number two now. And he just infuriates me watching he- basketball. So I'm going to, I'm going to. Fraud Watch, Brad Underwood.
0: My family's not gonna like that one at all. But mm-hmm. my grandfather sees tickets. Yeah, he's the same thing about Brad Underwood. He's a good. My grandfather always says this about Brad Underwood season tickets now at Assembly Hall. He goes, he's a good with the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. So, and I'm like, I understand that because they have some ballers like Iota De Sumo. A couple years yeah, ago, I mean that team insane? that
2: team should have been a national championship team. They oh lost the second round. Well, yeah, to
0: Chicago. Chicago. Brutal, but yeah, no. He Brad Underwood's an interesting person. I was thinking about Illinois. This one's tough for me because. I could go with the easy one with Ole Miss, but I don't know. I'm going to go with someone who was good at the beginning and started his cool off a little bit. I'm going to go Marquette. Mm. Like, I had some high hopes. I almost, for them.
2: I almost took them on Fraud Watch.
0: No, I'm thinking oh, this oh, is my yeah, Watch. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone I, in, the, I uh, in the Maui could be on Fraud Watch. Because,
2: because they, <laughs> the looked, state of Hawaii.
0: they looked so good in that Maui tournament. I mean, they lost Purdue in the championship game, but still, they looked really good. I mean, they beat Illinois. They had some really good games. That big, big East is a gauntlet this year, and I thought Shaka Smart was getting it done. But now, it's just... I don't really know, but I'll go quick now. My sleeper, I'm gonna go with the BYU Cougars. They played really well. They have not. They are playing one of the greatest. They're playing really, really well at home right now. And I think they could be a sleeper. I in think a they lead March. the country in the most married players as it's well. That's true. That's a cool stat to have. More family <laughs> unity.
2: It's not very, not very. All right, Cougars we got like then. thirty seconds. Uh, my sleeper team. This is a former March Madness legend from a couple years ago. I'm going with Shaheen Holloway and the Seton Hall Pirates. Mm, that's a good
3: wow. One. That's a good one. Wow, I'm going to pick that. Big they, Ten. They ah, looked very, East. very good. Good save, Kyle. Yeah, it was a close one. I'm going to take, as my sleeper, Marquette for the same Ooh. reason Greeks took them as this fraud. They started out great. I just think they got unlucky here on this beginning of the Big East stretch. They're going to bring it home.
1: Uh, uh, seeing that we're we're cutting late, I'm gonna have to pivot to another Big East team. Uh, give me Creighton. Uh, I almost we, think it was because well. they're the I same thing yeah, as they go go were up. last year, they kind of are muddied up right now. They'll end up playing very well in March. I
0: agree, yeah. And with that, we're gonna head into our final break of the show, but don't go anywhere. Our last segment is our picks and previews. We're gonna talk about the NFL divisional round and so much more. So, do not go anywhere or listen to the boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the boardroom, everybody. It's our final segment of the show. Once again, Greg Slankberg, Connor Greenberg, Kyle Davis, and Nelson Early. we had a packed show, and we're closing it off with our favorite segment, our picks and previews
3: for some of this week's top s- matches. So, Kyle, what do we got on deck? Little leaderboard update. First off, gentlemen, give yourself a round of applause. We went 2-0 on boardroom unanimous <laughs> picks this week. Ball no. Great way to start the year. That brings us to nine and five lifetime, two and zero for twenty. That's plus money right there. I think so. The leaderboard in first with twenty six points. That's Connor Greenberg. Second place, Griggs Blankenberg. Wow. Tied for third, Kyle Davis and Nelson Early. How? Down. Wait, how that's many am I behind good. Connor? You're only one back. <sighs> Me and Nelson are two back on Connor. Wow, yeah. Interesting. So um, sounds, sounds like doesn't matter. Sounds like a lot of
0: ball knowers in here.
2: Yep. yep. Uh, yep. Nelson, this does matter. Don't you remember the the bet?
3: Uh, we by, made a bet. Oh, I don't know. The,
2: in last place, graduation weekend, we the loser has to wear Griggs' Mets Hawaiian shirt. Well, we haven't. Shirt. All, I have Or Kyle has it. Kyle has it. The Hawaiian Mets shirt, Ooh. which we have two Braves fans in here and a Yankees fan, so could get. In- it interesting. could be highly unfortunate for one of us. Could
0: be could interesting.
3: Dicey. But we Kyle, what do we got first? Seven games. Got to go quick. First. Saturday, Texans at the Ravens. Ravens are favored by nine points. What do you think, Connor?
2: I think nine points is a lot. I think we've we've seen sometimes the number one seeds come out a little rusty. So I'm going to go – with CJ and the Stroud boys, I'm also taking the Texans. I just realized I forgot to submit the sports analytics pick'em. Uh, wow. Well, I, oh, that's gonna be bad. I, I, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm <laughs> gonna go. I'm gonna go. Even Stevens. No, Kyle.
0: No, you have to honor the rules, <laughs> Kyle. You <laughs> cannot open it up for him. It's I'm gonna go. Gr-
1: Even, privilege. I'm gonna go. Even Stevens with uh with, with what I picked on the amazing, which you should also join the sports analytics club. Pick'em. Um, I think the Ravens will win, but I think the Texans will cover that nine point behemoth of a spread.
3: Boom,
0: Griggs. I know I said today um CJ Stroud good quarterback he's the best rookie quarterback this season I admitted that That's growth. What, hey. what NBC's doing to him what NBC's doing to him is atrocious. For the first
2: time in a long time for Griggs that's growth.
0: What NBC's doing to him is atrocious and he needs to rever- uh he needs to be that's just bad. But yeah, I like CJ Stroud. I wish him nothing but the best. And but I still think he would've been not as good as he is right now if he was on the Panthers. But that's besides the point. I'm going to go I don't know Lamar in the playoffs is not is not one a playoff game yet. I don't think. <sighs> I gotta go Ravens. I think.
3: Ooh, breaking up the board game. I think I so. could say just us. because
0: I'm thinking just because Baltimore at home, just they need this one pretty badly. They've had a lot of close ones in the past, and he need, Lamar needs to prove that he can win the playoffs. Yeah, not not like
3: Dak. We will <laughs> see. Second game on Saturday at 7:15. We have the Packers going to San Francisco. 49ers are favored by nine and a half. Nelson, this time.
1: This is my team of destiny pick. What, 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 what's the spread? Nine, nine and, and a half. half. Oh, the Packers are covering that easily. Team of destiny. They they went in and whipped, whipped the Cowboys. I don't know how the Cowboys are typically frauds in the playoffs, but well, here's the
2: thing: the Packers own the Cowboys in the playoffs historically, but the Niners historically own the Packers. And I'm not saying that, the
1: Packers are going to win.
2: For that reason, I'm taking the Niners to cover.
1: Uh, but I'm taking Ooh. the Packers
3: to, to cover. So, Yeah, yeah no, this, this well, is my – I'm
0: going Niners. Like, it has to be the Niners.
3: I'm going to take the Packers to cover. Nine and, and a half points is a lot Let's of go. points in the playoffs.
0: But Christian McCaffrey and one team does not have Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers. Yeah, really yeah don't don't have, that is true. The Panthers We're definitely don't have Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> We're making growth wait, right now, wait. Connor, wait,
1: wait. They don't. I thought, I thought he was drafted to the Panthers. No, they traded Solana. him for Miles Sanders. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, upgrades. because we gave. Uh, yeah, because
0: upgrades. We got a lot of those good draft picks because of superior cornerback play from James Bradbury.
3: <laughs> Third game on the slate. Wait, the playoffs, Two PM buddy. Sunday. Win a game. Buccaneers at the Lions. Lions are favored by six and a half. I think Buccaneers are fraudulent. The Lions are the greatest story in the NFL. if the Buccaneers
2: are so fraudulent. How'd they make it to the second round? That's a great, great even more
1: fraudulent team in my Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) Yep. So (laughs) uh, so, they didn't have the. Let me get on my soapbox, okay? You have 30 seconds. Well, I don't know. It's not (laughs) soapbox. Uh, Brian Johnson, uh, (laughs) it's coaching malpractice that he can't, you know, draw up a a counter to a simple blitz. Todd Bowles is a good defensive mind, but you know they the Buccaneers are also kind of stink. They scored not they scored nine points last week to the Carolina Panthers.
2: Yeah, that's not a good look. And
1: we gave up a thirty something. <laughs> uh, we don't tackle one practice. I will say the Panthers. What is great. this? All right,
2: we got it. We gotta keep moving. End of the soapbox. Going into next year, who has a better outlook in the NFC East than the Washington Commanders? Please tell me. Yeah, you, you don't have a coach yet. You we can have can Ben say. Johnson.
0: Mm, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you
2: don't. Uh, I'm rocking with my future coach, Ben Johnson, and the Lions. I'm, I'm with Kyle. This, this is my team of destiny. I think the Lions. I, I think the Commanders at the best will finish third. This this <laughs> Lions story is awesome. Happy for that city. Jared Goff, really likable guy. According to uh, PMT, he's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. I'm, I'm going to take them to win by double digits.
0: I'm going to take the Lions as well, and I also think the Commanders will finish no better than third in the NFC East next year.
3: Wrong. Nelson, uh, what was your pick?
0: I'll go with Lions. Uh, the Buccaneers would not be
1: able to uh, to play uh, to defend a a, a team who knows how to, you know uh, block a blitz <laughs> and to uh, throw over a blitz and you know be able to, to counter that.
3: So give me the Lions by a lot. For this one, you have ten words. Use them wisely. Chiefs at the Bills, five thirty Sunday night. The Bills are favored by three points. Ten words, gentlemen. Got to go fast. Postseason. Chiefs beat the Bills.
2: Enough said. Griggs.
0: <laughs> He's Bills Mafia, let's ride. I'm with you till the end. Good job, Griggs. Nelson. Pat Mahomes,
1: bad on road. <laughs> Give me Bills.
3: Stephon <laughs> Diggs. Hey. <laughs> uh, big Snowman wins every time against warm-blooded that uh, doesn't make any sense. I'm taking the Bills. Hey, also, Kansas, won't be there. Kansas City's cold. It is, just it is.
0: Out there. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Bills. All right, yeah, we did gotta- just have people get hypothermia at their game, guys. Let's not forget that.
3: We have two really fast ones. Alabama is going to Tennessee this weekend. Bas- men's basketball, minus 3.5. Tennessee favored by 3.5. Three Tennessee. 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 Tennessee? Tennessee. Tennessee. taking big. Tennessee. Tennessee home. Or- job, Tennessee.
0: Always Tennessee at home is one of the hardest world. places to play in the SEC.
3: For sure. Uh,
2: I. Dal- yeah. Dalton connect might drop fifty.
3: Yeah, Dalton connects unreal. <laughs> On right Grant now. Nelson, he might drop fifty. Nadeau's may push someone. Yeah, be known. could could happen. Next, we have Ole Miss coming to the plains. Auburn is going to be favored by twelve and a half. Um, I,
2: I do not represent the views of the Auburn Jungle here. I will be ignoring what Bruce Pearl said. This is a revenge game for Auburn. These are two guys that quit on Auburn basketball, quit on Bruce Pearl, that are coming back. I want this as loud as the jungle could possibly get. I want us all over the Flanagan's. Auburn wins by twenty.
1: Wow! This is a this is a stand on business. stand on <laughs> yes. business game for the Auburn it Tigers. Is, it is
2: because it's sponsored by the Harbor College of Business. It's true. Mm. We, it's true. We stand Harvard. on Harbor.
1: We stand on business. Um, this they didn't look good at, against LSU with hardly anybody there. Uh, Alan Flanigan's a guy who doesn't make good decisions on the court and on a scooter. Give me the Tigers <laughs> by a thousand.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm also taking the Tigers for more uh, logical basketball reasons, but uh, I agree. I think well, it's yeah, Ole Miss is a fraudulent team. Yeah, they're 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 they're, they're, they're not good. Way overhyped. I think is this, a, on, is this two
2: unanimous picks? A lot of heart.
3: Great. Give come me the on, Tigers. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Let's go. Could go four zero. Last pick. Two returners from previous picks next Wednesday in the airport hangar. That is <laughs> sits in Tuscaloosa, Auburn at Alabama. Alabama's favored by three and a half, according to Kim Pom. That's what we're going with because so far in the yeah. future. <sighs> this is a tough one.
1: As I said earlier, Ole Miss is a stand-on business game. This is a jump and just cannonball business game. Uh, we need this one, as long as our players don't get assaulted by Nate Oates, I think we'll win. single. Uh, if, very, if, they, very if,
2: he tries to put his hand on one of the players, CBM and Katie Johnson will, it's gonna look will like, do unspeakable things.
0: It's gonna look like SmackDown.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon is gonna be recruiting them. Uh, it's gonna be a tough game, I, I like that Auburn's gonna get a couple points here, so i I'll take Auburn with the points, but, uh. I, I think we're going to go in there and, and take care of business, especially t- – so I, I mean, mean, it could be an Auburn home game. Who knows? Yeah. I think I think Tennessee's going to knock Bama around this weekend. And knowing Pause. how bad of a coach Nate Oates is, they won't be ready for revenge. They'll be kind of have their heads down hanging. And uh, if Jalen Williams gets guarded by Grant Nelson, he might shoot uh, 80 for 80.
0: I'm taking Auburn. I am – it's going to be tough. I'm going to take the Tigers as That's well. That's three boardroom names. Let's, go. Let's hey, if it's, go. If it's anything like our last week, we're in good hands.
2: Yep. All-State. all states, all state safe hands, all baby. states.
0: And with that, that is going to do it for another episode of The Boardroom. If you're missing today's show, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform tomorrow. But until next time, for Nelson Early, Kyle Davis, Connor Greenberg, I'm Greg Swankberg. This has been The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll see you back here next week, folks, at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And until then, have a great weekend and War Eagle. Thank you for joining us for this session of The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen back to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. And this meeting of The Boardroom is officially adjourned.